Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. DMVR Broncos live coming to you from Studio X. Where the X, Studio X. stands for <laughs> extremely boring practice. Yep, that works. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Very fitting. Um, we knew it was coming. Yep. As Nathaniel Hackett said, as advice for football practice and the weekend, never go hard three days in a row. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yep. I feel like on the weekend, sometimes it's okay. That sounds like a 25-year-old speaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, I mean, three days in a row used to be just light work. <laughs> we used to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's about it. Yeah. yeah it's like Those when you're in days. your 20s, that's like, you know, 1970s football where you're doing two a day. Yes. And it's okay. And <laughs> day now, drinking and night drinking. And then you hit 30 uh, and now it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Three days in a row is way too much. I like fully, now that I'm 30, fully understand the concept of Sunday fun day because mm. you just get drunk early. Then you have your hangover still on Sunday and then you're ready to go on Monday. <laughs> and is it really fun day? At first. At first, yeah. <laughs> Sunday fun day, a little... Uh, uh, Sunday fun day, bad night. Yep, yeah, exactly. That is the thing is it always does balance out. Like whenever you do something like that, it's just like, yeah, it was fun at the time, but then now I have to pay for it. I so wish I could flip them and have the hangover first. Get the oh. bad thing out of the way first. Oh, so you're a bad news first guy. You want oh, news absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Yep. There's got to be a way to do that. No, I don't think so. Because you put it into your body, which then makes you feel bad. <laughs> You should try, like, punching yourself in the face 20 times before you start drinking. Okay, so feel really bad going to drinking. (laughs) Okay, okay. Then the drinking numbs the pain. Right, but then it's just going to be an extra bad hangover because then the pain's back and (laughs) the headache's back. (laughs) 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 At least you look cooler. Yeah, I would. Mm, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, nothing much from practice today. Oh, I I didn't even bring my notepad. Mm. Um, I brought my notepad to practice. I didn't bring it into this room. Um, because it was mostly empty. The only thing I wrote down was, um, some personnel informations. I knew Um, that that's what you were going to say too. Really? Like, yep, it's personnel. That was the only thing that happened out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought there was some interesting stuff. We're not necessarily allowed to break it down too much, so I won't get ultra specific. I'll just say, I tweeted this out. Looks like Seth Williams is going to get the first crack at the Tim Patrick role. Well, the reason Seth is getting that role today is there's really no competition for him in practice today. Tyree Cleveland's out with the throat injury, and a guy who I think we all think is right there. (sighs) You get karate chopped? Yeah, and then he got put on blast for it. So in what we found out on Monday, (laughs) uh, because Tyree left practice, midway through practice and what Hackett said afterwards he got hit in the throat during practice thought he was going to be fine then yesterday he's asked well what happened on tape to Tyree oh and no Nathaniel Hackett pretty much not using the exact words but I'm not exaggerating pretty much said Tyree didn't know what he was doing when in motion when he wasn't supposed to go in motion there was a blitz coming down from a corner <laughs> on that side and the corner smashed into him uh and uh and got his throat and said that's what happens when you're not paying attention or don't know your stuff. One of those two things. So not only did Tyree Cleveland get hurt, wow. 
But then Nathaniel Hackett, Damn. who Nathaniel doesn't Hackett put players on blast. Too. Yes, yeah. he did. So <laughs> yeah. two throat injuries for Tyree. Wow. Wow. So to me, that's actually very important in this conversation. Uh-huh. Yes, of, yes. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett hasn't put many players on blast, if any, and he did it with Tyree. Coaches like to give little hints like this without telling you directly what they're saying. Yeah. But he just told you what the issue is with Tyreek Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he really liked Tyree, or, okay, in my opinion, yeah. if he really liked Tyree and this was the one mistake Tyree's made all the camp, he probably wouldn't have done that. Nope. Yeah. No, this was a boiling frustration that legitimately boiled to the part to point where he couldn't bite his tongue. Yeah, exactly. So I think Tyree's um, he, really out of this. If he felt like Tyree was right there, he would have just been like, yeah, uh, went back on the... First of all, interesting question. Um, yeah, we, there was speculation in the media that it was a planted question because was, of that. Was, it took me a second for <laughs> yeah, that to yeah, click, yeah, and I was like, yeah. who asks what did the injury look like on tape? I've <laughs> yeah. never heard that question in my life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Did anybody ask about that with Tim Patrick? No. Exactly. See, isn't that like, no, that'd no, be no, the no. one, like, oh, That was planted. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. Asked yeah. It? Put him on blast. It, it was someone who would plant a question. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um. So that actually that adds worse. another layer to it. It <laughs> makes it even worse. Yeah. Unless the day before he said, I'm not sure what happened with Tyree. I got to go back and look at the film. And ask me tomorrow. Ooh, <laughs> Which yeah. he didn't, I don't think. Okay. All right. Oh, that's, this is great. <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So Tyree, I know, he wasn't really a, a candidate for me in the first place. Um, I know a lot of people just know his name because he was a draft pick. But... He's never done anything to me that screams like this guy's ready to break out. To be fair, neither has Seth Williams. Mm-hmm. I think he had a yeah. sick touchdown catch last preseason, want to say. Yeah, yep. I think he had a catch in the regular season too. The thing about Tyree Cleveland is he's good on special teams. Yes. And that's where if if it's close, you could see where he could carve out a spot. But, but the only thing you have to do to be good at that position in special teams is just run straight. And that is and his try. strength. Yeah. And he is like six foot two and big and fast. It's like, like he can go make a tackle. Yeah, Kendall Hinton could probably do that. And so that's the other oh, guy who I think had is... Philip Lindsay doing it when he was a rookie. That's a good <sighs> point. And that's the other guy who I think is in this competition is Kendall mm-hmm. Hinton. In fact, I think he's kind of the Broncos' fifth receiver. And he was out today with a knee injury. This was his first practice he missed, mm-hmm. but it was a jog through. And he's missing the jog through. That tells me he's probably missing tomorrow. How much time is he going to miss here? So then you're right, Ryan. I mean, pretty much the competition yep. for Seth Williams was eliminated before practice started, and he got to step up into that role. Because KJ Hamler he caught everything. <laughs> <laughs> KJ Hamler, Greg Dulcich. That's the first time we've seen them in team drills. And again, it's a it's a jog through, so it doesn't even count. But those guys are doing that. I don't think KJ had a brace on, did he? He did not. He did not have a brace on, and that was a big positive step for him. KJ's out there without a brace in team drills, and Kendall Hinton isn't able to do that. So that it's it's not super minor. KJ actually least. took his brace off uh, through halfway through yesterday's oh. practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when he might have been done for the day. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, either way. I think Seth Williams is still getting the first crack. And when I went back and looked at the specs on on uh, Seth Williams, he's really close uh, to what Tim Patrick is. Now, that doesn't do mean anything. We know size and speed is a plentiful resource in the NFL. But we looked yesterday. There's no size and speed on the free agent wire. Uh, and so I went back and looked. Tim Patrick, 6'4", ran a 4.47, which mm-hmm. is really fast. Uh, for that that size, Seth Williams six three ran a four five, um, so it's the closest comp you're gonna get anywhere without making a trade. By the way, 
thought of a trade candidate. Mm. Henry, I think you're going to like this one. Oh, it's a Visca? It is Visca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was only one way that was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It, you do wonder... You know, I would guess that right now you're moving Judy out of the slot and putting KJ in the slot and then leaving Cortland, so that's kind of your group. And you're already doing that, so if you bring in Visca, who also is best in the slot, and then you have Montrell Washington behind and Kendall Hinton, I'm not, I'm not sure he solves your problem, but you could totally see it. Yeah, I was mostly thinking of like the physicality mm-hmm. um, that Tim brought to the running game. I thought it was, it was one thing we yeah. didn't talk about at all yesterday that I think really makes a difference. I mean, imagine the difference between Tim Patrick out on the edge blocking for your running backs versus Jerry Judy. The physicality Massive. is just on a whole mm-hmm. other level. So I thought, obviously, Visca has a ton of receiving ability. You bring him in just for his size and physicality out there. And then, you know, the big slot is something that um, obviously they love in San Francisco in this offense. So it doesn't have to be a full-time slot role, but you can move mm-hmm. him outside, you move him inside. It's probably going to cost you a third or more, so and that's where it's probably done. not happening. Yeah, exactly. And Ryan, anymore, you yeah. said Henry would like that. I think you mean you would love that <laughs> trade. I would, but I think Henry would yeah. is more of a Visca guy than even I am. It's possible. Wow. He did say I grow a better beard than him. So then explain yourself. What's, so, it, what's happened? What's um, happened? Just why he hasn't produced? Jaguars. Yeah. We'll just blame Jaguars for now. <laughs> we'll... I, I, we that's can the do that too because both of us were on the draft show when he got drafted and we're like oh well, that sucks yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> you wonder um, if he would have been in front of kj on their draft board potentially it's yeah you will never know but there's a chance i think kj was a big vic guy too yeah. i think i think vic really liked kj because he was from pennsylvania but but realistically i mean the the best shot for the broncos to replace tim is going to be through kj hamler uh and, and you hope that he's able to live up up to it if not if you want that size you're going seth williams or tight end greg dulcich is coming back on the field he's running routes today he is more of i mean he's built more like a big receiver than a true tight end right now. When you compare him and Albert O, Albert O does have uh, some girth to him like a tight end. Greg Dulcich is still getting there, and he may not be able to get there with this injury he's had the past couple of months, so he could honestly just be a big receiver for you. Yeah, yeah. Dulcich, his size is very unassuming. Yes, exactly. At least when yeah. just from where I'm standing, yep. like you see Albert O, you're right. You're like, that's a large human. Yeah. You see 80 out there, and you're like, a human yeah it's a wide receiver yeah. you know wide receivers are humans most of the time <laughs> uh, yeah i mean seth williams is kind of a freak he is he I, is i saw dulcich today like he took like his jersey off he wasn't wearing a shirt and i was like took Sounds note like something which he would do weird yeah but I, I like looked and i thought about it i was like like obviously the man is in good shape like he's in great shape like he's got abs that sort of stuff but you do see it and it's Mail just like corner what happens you know like with the great tight ends like you see like even like an Aaron Donald, like there's all these guys with their shirts off. Like we saw the Nick Bosa shirt off picture a couple days ago. And you're just like, DK wow. Metcalf. And it does make you think like Dulcich does have just like that step from, wow, that guy's in really good shape. Physical to, freak. Holy yeah. hell. Like this is, this is an NFL football player's man's making a lot of money. And yeah, so you, I, I do think, think there is another step of physical development for sure. There's no question. I think of Shannon Sharp when you talk yeah, about absolutely. tight ends looking yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The statue yep. should have been his nickname. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, let's jump into our biggest takeaways from the first week of training camp. And I'll ask you this, Zach. 
Do you want the good news or the bad news? Oh, first? hit me with the bad, baby. Let's get it over with. Okay. Um, mm. The bad news through one week of training camp for me is that I have not had even a series from the offense that made me say, wow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't want to overreact to it. Um, but at the same time, it's it's fallen several notches short of my expectations. And so, again, it's camp. I don't want to overreact. But when I thought of the my just biggest overarching takeaways, there's two things. And that was, that was the first one that came to my mind is like, man, the offense has been underwhelming. Um, there hasn't been big plays. There hasn't been strings of plays where you're like, wow, bang, 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 bang. There they just went. Um, and so there's been flashes for sure. But having watched some really bad training camps, I think I just came in with such high expectations. And I'll have to be completely honest. It's a notch above, but it is not to the point where I'm like, wow, those guys sucked. And this guy is awesome. Um, whether we're talking about coaching staff or quarterback. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not, you know, pressing the panic button or waving any red flags, but it is a huge takeaway for me that I've never walked away from practice being like, wow, the offense is going to be awesome. We're one week into this and there has not been one practice, seven practices in where all three of us have not said the offense won the day. And that is concerning. And coming out of this by saying there has not been one practice where we've been wowed. I'm still waiting for that. And, of course, defense is probably always going to have the advantage in camp, especially when it's a new offense, a new quarterback, mm-hmm. a new play caller. And the defense, that not only did, did they keep a similar scheme, but uh, it, it's, the same, uh, it's the same language as they had last year. So they should have the, the upper hand. But we're not talking about Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke here. We're talking about Russell Wilson, who should be able to flash with good wide receivers that he's had. And we haven't seen it. We have yet to seen, see a moon ball from Russell Wilson yep. that's, that's completed downfield, which just blows my mind. I mean, I thought that would be disappointing if we didn't see one of those every single day. He's only and thrown... The- Three, four? Yeah. I think he's thrown a couple every practice, but I guess really real practices, there's been five. Okay. Um, and the only one that he's really hit is Montreal Washington down yep. the right sideline when Kwan Williams was walking. Yeah, you had the throw to, to Tim yesterday. That wasn't a moon ball, but that, it was a that was the best 30 one. yard completion. That was the best one. That was the best one. And then a millisecond later, it was also the worst one. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's two pieces of it to me. One is. Like, it's kind of like grading Javante Williams. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But what he does is he breaks tackles and you just can't do that. Like, Mm. Russell Wilson has some of that same thing where what he does well doesn't necessarily stand out in camp. It's like, oh, he just dodged that tackle in the backfield, bought another three, four, five seconds out there, and boom, look, he got him. And so there is some of that where Russell's a gunslinger, and so these more scripted practices where they're blowing the whistle. I guess they typically aren't blowing the whistle. They're letting him keep running after, but there is that aspect. There's also the fact that that defense is really good. And that's, that's the reason I'm not pressing the panic button. You know, if this was, you know, the Falcons defense or whoever, then you're saying like, Oh no, this is an issue. I want to see them against the Cowboys because that's, that's when you can be like, okay, somebody fresh is in here. It's not, it really was just Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons kind of carrying all of this and making it so the offense just really couldn't look like a great offense. Yeah, and again, 
I just know there's going to be people in the comments of the show being like, calm down, it's training camp. We get it. We know. Yeah. But we have to tell you guys what's going on. And, and, you know, I always say, like, it's very clear that, you know, we want the best for the Broncos, but we're always going to tell it like we see it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the offense has not impressed. No, it, it hasn't. And, and my biggest pushback to, to what you said, Henry, mm-hmm. is you still have to be able to win from the pocket if you're Russell Wilson. And yes, he is best when he's able to move around, but he still does win from the pocket uh, a lot. So that's that's the first thing. And the second thing is, and maybe the good news, can, can I jump into the good news? Yeah. Is this secondary, to me, yeah. is the absolute truth. It is top oh, yeah. five at its floor. This should be an absolutely elite secondary the rest of the defense, though, I'm not sold on yet. I, I think there's some good pieces there. I like what I've seen from Jonas mm-hmm. Griffith. I like what I've seen from from Draymond Jones. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I mean, it's been it's been fine. So it's not like this entire defense is 11 deep with superstars. I just think that they're loaded at secondary, and I think that's hurt the the offense a lot. But again, you're not going up against elite everywhere on the defense. Yep. It's just an elite secondary, and this secondary is elite. And I was going to say my good news is the defense is the truth. And it obviously starts with that secondary. And, Zach, I almost wonder if the secondary is so good that they're just not allowing Russ to get that uh, that deep ball. Like, Pat Sertan's taking away one side of the field, and Justin Simmons is taking away the other. Now, it's not always working that way. Sometimes they're both on the same side. But the deep part of the football field, you know, you're it's, it's Sertan on Sutton most days. Mm-hmm. So, he's out. Just like straight up, he's done. He's he's not a part of a deep ball, uh, deep passing game now, and whoever else you want on the other side is being is you know being taken away over the top by Justin. It's just like does this team just does this defense just simply not allow deep balls? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Except there's been probably half the deep balls where a receiver's been open enough to catch one or where it's hit their hand. And the other half of them, I mean, it's been Justin making fantastic plays. It's been Pat Sertan swatting it away. And just for some reason, it's half a step or it's a drop here where the receiver, specifically Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, have just been off with Russ. And again, Mm -hmm. if there's ever a pass it's going to take time to develop chemistry with, it's going to be that one. So that's why I'm not pressing the panic button now. But I think underwhelming, Ryan, is probably the perfect word for this because you're not smashing the panic button. But... You wish you saw a little more. And they've been solid underneath, too. Like, you remember some of the debates we had last week? Like, what what do we grade Russ? Is it a three? Is it a two? Like, he'll he'll have stretches where he just hits the, like, little slot out, hit the little slot out, hit the little slant. And so it's it's not like they're doing nothing out there. It's just that the big plays aren't really there. And, And that's, yeah, that's been Russell Wilson's calling card. And with these receivers, we thought they were ready to go do that. So there's... At least a little bit, I think. Josh Johnson and Brett Rippon should be hitting screens and five-yard out routes, though, Henry. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're there, it's what you take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just saying that's not, like, you know, groundbreaking. Here's the no. other thing that I think makes passing the ball, especially deep, a little bit harder in training camp, is, like, the safeties especially don't have to truly honor the run yep. in training camp. Like, if they just get touched by any of the first seven guys that are up there, then, you know, the play's dead and like they're not having to crash down. So... You know, Javante Williams, who's going to be a big part of every game plan the Broncos produce and a big part of any game plan a defense is producing for the Broncos, is not really a part of the defensive backfield's game plan at all. Mm-hmm. So they're first, it's like, you know, it's like in baseball, they say like fly ball your first steps back. Their first step is essentially back on every play because they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if we have to, we'll go up and get the runner. And on top of that, we're talking about the, the offense as a whole when really we can only grade the passing game. 
And so in an alternate reality where they're actually playing to the ground and playing actual hard-nosed football out there, maybe what we're saying right now is, oh, Javante Williams is tearing everything up. And so on top of that, opening up the things that could open up down the field, there's a good chance that that is working well for this offense. And I think this season there's a good chance, I mean, probably more likely than not, I think, that the running game is the strength of this offense. If that's the case, that's bad news. Russell Wilson, we, we talked about it last week, where Russell Wilson needs to be one of your top players. Yeah. If you're running game, I would say top two. Yeah, and, and we broke down how he's maybe two, maybe three. If it's if you're if this team is being led by your running game on the first year with Russell Wilson here, again, I think there's going to be some issues because That's you, how they you, won you, before though. You lost Tim, yeah, but Russ is in a very different stage of his career. If Russ wanted to go to a team that wanted to run the ball, he would have stayed in mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, and I mean, I I kind of get both ideas here, right? If the running game is really really good. It just it'll make Russ's job so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what you what you need though, I think, is the pass to be able to set up the run, and not the other way around. Uh, I think you need to be enough of a threat in the passing game where they're taking lighter boxes, and then guys like Javante are just mowing people down in light boxes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the defense just because we mostly talked about Sertan and uh, Sutton. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sertan and Simmons. So many S's. Um, I think the whole defense is really good. Wait, can we talk about the defense in one second after I tell the people about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook where you can get $1,000 in a risk-free bet by using the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, football starts next month. We were talking about, I think it's actually college football starts in one month from yesterday. I believe cannot wait for that. And our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook just make college football season such oh. a blast and make football season such a blast. I mean, what's the only day that there's no football? Is there Tuesday football? Sometimes in the max. Sometimes. Otherwise, you pretty much have it every single other day. And I just love it over at DraftKings Sportsbook because they're going to be handing out free boosts left and right. And we've given out some some fun uh, picks of the week regarding some initial games in the football season. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and speaking of college football uh, uh you got in there the kickoff classic uh which is happening the day that the buffs are kicking off their football season the rams kick off their football season the very next day on that saturday um we have our golf tournament to celebrate the official start of, of football season um and a little bit of the end of golf season although not really uh, colorado you can play mostly through october um but either way uh Jump into the fall with us at Raccoon Creek Golf Course. Um, it's a really fun course. I love just the setup there. Um, and they also have like a great, um, what do you call it, like clubhouse. Just a really fun place to go hang out. Um, and it should be a great, great tournament. So August 2nd, uh, get go over to dnvrlocker.com to sign up. Uh, come out and play with us. It should be great. At Brackenridge Brewery, uh, we drink a lot of Strawberry Skies. <laughs> I think I feel like that's kind of the vibe around here this yeah. time of year. Um, I, I finally my hands wait. On the I did my soda. homework. Yeah, I, did my homework. I had the Palisade Peach Light, and I personally was a big fan. Mm. Um, I drank four on the golf course. Um, Went down easy. Very easy. <laughs> did you have four beers that day? Yeah, I had no idea. 
Were you like tanked or way less? Oh no, I had like one beer, half a beer. Oh okay. No, I had wow. a full beer, I think. So Hank doesn't live by the motto that you can go three days straight. <laughs> Were you expecting to like notice that I had a four beer buzz going? <laughs> if I had four beers, I'd be on the ground. Oh my god. <laughs> four beers gets me to like I think I feel something. <laughs> wow. Is that a tingle? Yeah. It's like <laughs> whoa. Did I just feel my toes tingle? <laughs> yeah, I have one little frozen alcohol pop and bang, I'm I'm done. Jeez. Frozen alcohol pop sounds yeah, good. I, well, yeah, what I was going to say is I gave away one to Hank and one to Eric, and I regretted it because I would have drank mm. all six myself. And apparently he only drank half of his. I finished it. I got back. I finished He probably drank it, it so slow that it got warm. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know what I actually did? What? Threw one of those Sour Patch Kids in there. Why would you do that? They have sugar on them. <laughs> it tastes good. They're cherry. Anyways, the Palisade <laughs> Peach Light uh, was great. I'm a big fan. I'll be drinking it again. My only issue is that... Um, the place I got them from didn't have them chilled. And then, mm. so then I had to go awkwardly into the bar of the golf course and be like, Hey, can I have a bag of ice for no reason in particular? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, sure. Oh, here you go. I think they're on to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so then I had to like wait for them to chill, but it was yep. so hot outside that the ice melted before they could get that cold. <laughs> wow. Um, so they were, you know, they were like 70% as cold as I wanted them, but still delicious. And you did your homework. So check out. Yeah. Check out. Breckenridge. Next homework. going to have to be the summer Pilsner Shandy. Oh yeah. just came out. Mm. I'm down. Yep. That sounds really but good. I, I feel like I need to be on my Palisade Peach Light vibe for just a right. minute. Oh, okay. Well, Hank, that's your homework. I don't feel like you're somebody who does their homework quickly anyway. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> very true. <laughs> All right. Record there we go. All, yep. right. <laughs> All right. Ryan, t- tell me about the defense. Well, I, I just, so there's a certain thing about like pieces on a defense and because you have Sutton, Jesus, Sertan and Simmons, um, it allows for so many other things. And because of that, it just elevates the rest of the team so much. Um, And so, like, I just feel like this defense is in a position where Jonas Griffith can just go be Jonas Griffith, and he isn't being asked to be too much more. It's just like, hey, be athletic, use your instincts, and go make plays. And that's unlocked because you have Sertan taking away an entire side of the field. One one receiver is just erased right off the right from the uh, the start of the play, and the deep half of the field is taken away by Justin Simmons, and so then basically you the rest of the you have like nine players mm-hmm. to take yeah. care of the rest of the field, mm-hmm. and it makes their life so much easier. And I'm just noticing it for guys like Jonas Griffith, from guys like Ron Darby, who they just have so much help that what they're being asked to do on a specific play is very minimal. Um, it's just like read your keys and then go react. It, it's a great point. And it helps the defensive line because the defensive line, now there's not as much pressure on them. And then you can bring blitzes more. You can do more things and yes. do different things, try things because you know that back end, you're going to be safe. 100%. Yep. And that's what where uh, Ivaro is really showing off in those situational periods. He's just like, cool, we've got nine guys for this area of the field. I'm going to send two extra ones towards the quarterback and he's not going to have anything to do with it. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely oversimplifying there, but it kind of just gives you an idea of like, you know, the old saying, right? Uh, three fourths of the world is covered by water. The other part is covered by champ Bailey. Well yeah. now it's three fourths uh, of the world is covered by water. The other quarter is covered by 
Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) I think the play that stands out to me is yesterday. Wait, yesterday. These days all run together. Mm -hmm. I'm just terrified. I'm going to say like yesterday and it was an off day. Um, But but yesterday. You should be terrified of that. Yeah, I am. That would be disgusting. It would be awful. But uh, Josie Jewell, he's in coverage. Not not like one-on-one coverage. He's just kind of hanging out in the middle of the field. Just whatever he wants to do. He reads the quarterback's eyes, takes a couple steps, bang, bats like a slant or a dig or something away. It's that sort of thing where you're asking these guys to not do all that much. You're yep. not asking Josie Jewell to run with somebody or to cover this whole area. He just gets to stand in the middle of the field, see if it's a run, and if not, read the quarterback's eyes, get where a ball is, swat the ball away. And it's, you're seeing guys like that make plays because of it. Yeah, 100%. Now, you both have talked about the linebackers and them doing good jobs, and I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Are the Broncos, do the Broncos disagree about uh, how they view this spot? Because earlier this week, they tried out Joe Schobert. Then today, Anthony Barr signs with the Dallas Cowboys, and Ian Rappaport says it came down to the Cowboys and the Broncos for Anthony Barr. That's the Broncos looking at two inside guys in the past couple of days who could come in and provide support, but also these guys probably want to sign to compete for a starter role. It's not going to be Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell is getting five and a half million this year. And Jonas Griffith, I personally don't know why you would take him off the field from everything he's done, but I'm just confused. Where is the disconnect here? I think it's the depth that they're not confident in. (laughs) Um, And that... I think is fair, especially if Jonas Griffith doesn't turn out to be the guy that we think he can be. You don't have an emergency ripcord there. And a Joe Schobert or an Anthony Barr kind of would be that. Although I thought I thought Barr was a little bit more of an outside guy. Am I wrong there? Uh, He was outside, but I think they've kind of... No, I think they might slowly moved him outside. Okay. Instead of the other way around. But, I mean, he, he does all that sort of stuff. And they were playing that 4-3, so it's... That, outside yeah. so then you move it to a three four so it's kind of the right. same thing right okay makes sense um and i just think that's that's what they want they want a uh, an emergency cushion in case jonas griffith you know ends up to be in over his head a little bit or he's making the wrong reads or he's over pursuing those types of things that you get from you know a guy who's not as um sharp or like you know um well-rounded experience experienced yeah all of that stuff. So I think that's where it's coming from. Because also, Justin Sternad is not providing that for you either, right? He's another kind of flyer on talent and speed and that sort of stuff that you like. But he's not a, uh, this just isn't working, let's put in this guy type of thing. To me, this is kind of reading the tea leaves. Like you said earlier with Tyree Cleveland and Nathaniel Hackett. This is... Maybe there's just something behind the scenes that isn't fully clicking with Jonas yet. Especially, I mean, this is what, his fifth year playing football? Sixth year playing organized football, really? And I think they want a veteran guy because Anthony Barr signed for $3 million with the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think if it really came down to two teams that the Broncos are probably in that ballpark, going to pay him around $2.5 or something. You're probably not bringing that in as as a true backup. So it probably is, you know, compete. Isn't that what they paid Singleton? I forgot um, about him. He's kind of he is that insurance. Yeah. He it's he is true. he is that insurance, but then it falls off. And yeah. so again, it just I'm just I'm I'm interested here because I think with mm-hmm. the way Jonas Griffith has played, all three of us would say we're we're comfortable enough with the inside linebacker group with the with the mm-hmm. starters, and it's just it's interesting. This is another name. Yeah, I, I think that what you probably want to do is turn Jonas Griffith into Baron Browning, and kind of make him that first guy off the bench and then rotate him in and maybe have packages and depending on who you bring in if you bring in a cover guy then maybe 
first couple downs you put Jonas Griffith in or, or flip that around or, or or maybe he's just there as a blitzer or whatever. I could see the thought process there. And again, like that's that's not the most fun from a fan perspective. You want to see the, the young guy go out there and get his chance. It's the same reason it kind of sucks seeing Baron Browning blocked by other players because he looked good when he was on the field. You want to see him be able to build on that. Um, but it does kind of lay that framework I feel like for Jonas Griffith to kind of just get bumped back a spot. And who knows? Maybe still carve out a role. Yeah, it's a good point. It is interesting, though. And it, mm-hmm. it does show you some sort of lack of confidence somewhere. Right. Uh, what exactly it is is to be seen, or maybe it won't be now. Also, someone needs to hit Anthony Barr in the mouth next week. Oh, yes. The Broncos are going to have a great opportunity to show him that he chose the wrong team. Why would someone choose the Cowboys over the Broncos? Just because it's such an easy division? Potentially. And and I think we, yeah, because they get to play four really easy games. And just depending on how you view the Eagles, uh, a hard game, but probably split with them. And uh, the... (laughs) You just look at it, and you don't have the orange and blue glasses on. And if you view Russ as declining, as some people do last year, which I think is bogus, but if you view it like that, that how many years in a row have the Cowboys made the playoffs when Dak's been healthy? I, I don't know, but probably four or five years. Where the Broncos, they've missed the playoffs for yeah, five yeah. years. So I, I could see it, but I think when you take a deep look in, I, th- I would choose the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. I do think now that that has happened, also the George the Payton, Joe Schobert thing kind of becomes a lot more real. Right. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 24 hours or so it, that comes through just because he was kind of their second choice there. And, again, like, as a second choice, he's not bad. What He's had at least 100 tackles in each of the last five seasons. The only time wow. he didn't was his rookie year. He led the NFL in tackles a couple years ago. He's averaging close to 130 a season in those last five years. He's only 28. Like, he's not playing great football, but there is a lot still that you can point to and say, if we're taking a flyer on a vet, like, might as well see what he has versus – I mean, Anthony Barr is the name guy. That was, what's crazy to say Pro Bowls. is that signing Joe Schober would be the biggest move the Broncos have made at linebacker in, like, years. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. Since re-signing Brandon Marshall? Well, that's like doesn't even count because, like, they re-signed <laughs> Josie Jewell. That's not like a move. That's true. That's you know? true. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, like, they haven't drafted anyone. Uh, other than Justin Sternad in like the fifth or whatever it was, so then be Josie Jewell in the fourth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like at least Joe, like Joe Sher- Showbert is a, na- a name, right? That people know. Yep. Should they go get Javen White? <laughs> nice Madden League. Reference <laughs> yeah, <thing. laughs> I thought you'd like him because he's fast. Yep. yep. I mean, I like fast. Yeah, <laughs> young fast guy. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, I mean. What, Speaking Dante Hightower, Danny Trevathan? Henry got away with one last night. Oh, no way. Because there was some trash talk uh, before that game. Yeah. I want to uh, pull up the exact tweet so uh, so we can see. <laughs> Ryan, referring to Henry, said, uh, let's I, see. I can quote it for you if you want. Oh, I've got it. Bro. Oh, it says, <laughs> when, when you, you want to get, get clapped, clapped in Madden. Ah, uh, yeah. And then what happened? Uh, then... Um, you lost. Henry <laughs> was up 18 points on me uh-huh. going into the fourth quarter and okay. allowed me to score 18 unanswered to force overtime. Whoa! Then, there was wait, a, wait, wait. T- tell me how the 18 went down. The end of it was a 30-yard sack okay. that left what like 18 seconds on the clock, and but then my punt only got barely past the 50, and he was able to get a field goal to send it to overtime. Yeah, I did take a one. Sh- I had 12 seconds. I took a shot at the end zone. 
which I shouldn't have done, but I really wanted to just win it in regulation. <laughs> I was so happy to I, see you do that. I had uh, Mike Evans lit up with his X Factor. I thought I could get him one on one, which I kind of did, but then his linebacker like ran back there and hit him and knocked it out. So then I had six seconds left, ran a quick out, got into field goal range, sent it to overtime. How long was the kick? 56. I, know, I had a chance there too. That's pretty impressive. Um, then he gets lucky, wins the coin toss. Gets lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then, you, and then you went down and scored a touchdown. Uh, sure did. Okay. There's, well, then, there's then an fair. important part then, in then there. Lucky. Henry, for no reason at all, is throwing the ball uh, with, like, what was it, from the 12-yard line with like a minute left mm -hmm. in overtime. All he needed essentially to win was a field goal. Right. Um, I user blanket his wide receiver, best coverage you could ever imagine in your life, undercut his out route, and it literally just jumped for the interception. It literally just goes right through my guy's hands and into his guy's hands to the one inch yard line. And you would have had to pick six. It would have been, I rewatched it a bunch of times. I don't think I would have actually housed it because <laughs> it was pretty close to the sideline. Okay. Um, oh, so you I think he would have caught it and gone out of bounds. So it would have been a tie. It literally just. <laughs> read his mind <laughs> yep. jumped right through his hands wow. and uh what happened was lamar jackson the best quarterback in the league completed the pass to drake london one of the five best receivers in the league over 36 year old levante david the linebacker <laughs> none of that <laughs> none of that matters it went right through his hands <laughs> oh man and then you kick a few no you score a touchdown, scored a touchdown. Soon, that's it yep. wow yeah. yep Lucky on the coin toss. Lucky on the. Pick. Is this is this the first time you guys have talked since then? I can I can feel uh, that yeah. maybe there was a cool off period yeah. needed. Um, the good thing is Henry has lost a bunch <laughs> of games, so I'm still in first place in the division. Yeah, so if he loses one more game, I get the division. Oh, no. but I lost. Oh. You're gonna lose to the Ravens. Oh, okay, okay, the Ravens. Seems like he's cheering against you, Henry. I wonder why. Yeah, I went to overtime petty. with the Ravens. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, went to I beat you twice, I've been to overtime. So. All of my games have been electric for like the last month. Because mm, you haven't Real played Tim me. Tebow. Kind of, except just a lot more points. Oh. Uh, I wish I could play you, Zach. <laughs> that is fun. Might get you uh, back on your mojo. Um, I think just one more quick takeaway from the first week of camp. What do you think is happening on the offensive line? Because last week there was a rotation between uh, between all the both yep. guard spots, but it was really focused on Minerts and Mooty at right guard. It seemed yep. like Dalton had left guard, although Mooty was getting in there a little bit. Then the beginning of this week, no rotation the first two yep. days. Then it's like, okay, coming off the buy or coming off the the day off, it looks like Quinn Miners has wrapped this thing up, and Dalton Reisner seems like he's got it. Then today, it's Mooty rotating in with Dalton. Are you guys close to saying that anything's wrapped up with those spots? The, I'll start with the easy answer, which is right tackle battle doesn't even start till Compton and Billy Turner come back. So just ignore that part in my mind, which you you did. Um, but then Quinn Miners, Dalton Reisner, Natani Moody. Reisner, in my mind, is either a starter or he gets traded. I, I don't think you bring him back and put him on the bench. Just hmm. like with his reputation, with all those sorts of things that he has, that doesn't feel like a natural fit for me, especially because he's a starting guard who's young and a second-round pick and has some good tape and the scheme stuff. Like You should be able to trade him and get something back and you're short on picks. So what do you, when, when you say there. something, what are you saying? What do you think you could get for him? I think, I mean, it's hard to find offensive linemen. What is he? This is a contract year for him. Yep, exactly. So that knocks it down. If, if you can't get a fourth, I'd be surprised. And I would be surprised if you could get a third. Oh, if you can get a third, you do the deal. <sighs> 
It's Reisner and Minerts. It is. It's just like, I don't you know why we're wasting our time. on it, so of course. I, I don't know why we're wasting <laughs> our time here, honestly. I think they're trying to... It's one of those things where like they're trying to convince themselves on Moody. Um, and so they just like keep pushing him out there and they're like, what if he does this? What if he does this? What if he does this? And it's just like, he's not quite as good as the other guys. Um, and that's okay. But I just feel like they, for some reason in their hearts, they want it to be moody and it just isn't. That's what I feel. And I think yet what yet I'll say yet yet. I think tomorrow and Saturday's practices are probably going to tell us what we need to know. If Moody's still rotating in there with Reisner, I think there's a real competition once the pads are actually on. If on those days it's Dalton and Quinn, okay, it feels pretty set a week and a half into training camp. Yep, and I do think, like you said, it's Reisner and it's Quinn, but I think that it's easy to see them pulling Quinn and throwing Moody in there during the season. Like if things aren't going well, whatever, it's it's an easy little swap to make, especially on that side. And, you know, if they really like Calvin Anderson, Billy Turner has played plenty of guard before. So he is an option yep. in there too. Dalton Quinn sounds like a second baseman for the Braves or something. <laughs> really, he does. Really, he's just a grinder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a little undersized. Yeah, yep. a little more pop than you'd expect. Though. Yeah. Spe- speaking of uh, grinders, undersized, a mm. little more than you'd expect. Max Borgie. You? Oh, uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's probably really undersized. Yeah. Uh, Max Borgie, the the local Colorado kid, signed with the Broncos. Today. Local legend, according oh, to Mike Kliss. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, um, but... <laughs> Have you heard the... So he starts his high school career, put him on the freshman team. First four games, they, they call a toss on the first play. Houses all four of them, they call him up. Local legend. Uh, 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 that is... A, <laughs> that, that story is a local legend. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, in the story sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Um, <laughs> I would say local standout is what I would say. Um, nothing to take away from him. Maybe I'm a little bit bitter that he decommitted from CU. Uh-huh. Um, Not a, a bit little. <laughs> I've always been a really big fan of his game. He's very, very different from any running back they currently have on the roster, which I like. Mm-hmm. Does he make the team? No. I think he could be a practice, practice squad guy. Squad, though. Yeah. I yep. think he has a chance at the practice squad. So his thing is, he's just like a like an overachiever. Like he. He's fairly fast. Like I think he he was under four five with his forty. Like he's fairly fast. He isn't good against contact. He kind of shies away from it. Like he's a good receiver, but again, like he isn't too big. He isn't too strong. He isn't too fast. He he isn't necessarily like there. There isn't anything you look at and say like, oh, that's good. Except for he can't play in the air raid, and it's like eighty six catches in the season. That's awesome. Um, and he wound up with some weirdly big touchdown stats. But again, like overachiever, does that just translate? Is he able to find a way? Probably not. But I, it'll be fun. Yeah. What's interesting is like both Melvin and Javante are considered all around guys who can mm-hmm. who can run and catch. The question is like, is Max Borgia a better route runner than either of those guys? No. There's no path to the field for him. There he might should. be a path to a roster spot. Ta- no, there's. Not. He should be the practice squad. Like just based on his size. Like he should be able to like to shake linebackers easier than either of those two. Like guys. an Austin Eckler. Yes. He just doesn't have the another burst. local legend. Yes. <laughs> local like, legend who no one had ever heard of until Andre <laughs> discovered it. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is true. Like it's just like the the again the physical traits where it's like sure maybe 
Maybe he does cut just a little bit sharper than Javante. Was he on the but team Javante's going to get away. training camp for a moment? Who? Borgie? No. Someone like Borgie? He's a rookie. Probably someone like him. I feel like you I'm find sure. these guys every single year. And like a Colorado kid. the bummer thing is Mike Boone, speaking of like the opposite of Borgie, I mean, guy that's built, a guy that has everything you're looking for, mm-hmm. the speed, the physicality, mm-hmm. the receiving abilities. He's also going to have to jump him. It's just, it's not going to happen, but it is cool to get him here, and uh, his parents can buy his jersey. And there's a real path to the practice Maybe. squad. I think the practice squad own. is a good spot for him. I think so, It'd too. be great for him. I mean, he already he did get cut by the Colts. Yep, and he's been hanging out yeah. for a little bit, too. I wonder, uh, got cut. Where, did he and Phil overlap? That's why he was cut. Because Phil, like, Phil beat him out for the spot? Uh, that when they signed Phil, they cut Max. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So one Colorado legend just... Stripping away another Colorado Legends uh, career. Colt's got the right one. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to get in on the Colorado Golf Association raffle, you can do that. And, guys, the dream golf vacation raffle includes prizes with with, uh, a stay at Wailea Beach Golf Course in Maui, Whistling Straits, a Naples Golf Tour, and Palm Beach Golf Tour, as well as a $5,000 gift card to Bandon Dunes. It is so cool because what they're doing, not only giving away stuff to, to everyone, but they're giving away this money to the CGA community programs, including two great organizations. And all you have to do to get your tickets is go to coloradogolf.org to get in on this awesome raffle through the Colorado Golf Association. That's coloradogolf.org. And the American Raptors. Uh, If you like beer and you like things that are like football or just rugby straight up, American Raptors and Fandy Park, it's a great way to spend an afternoon. You can go get free tickets. They're on the website. You get to drink beer. You get to watch people hit each other. They're good athletes. It's a it's a party. Ryan, you have something on your mind. If there was an American Raptors game today, I would go as a palate cleanser for that practice that we just watched. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You like, actually I need to see some people hitting? run into yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> By Man, the way, be nice. let's keep an eye on um, Ronald Darby tomorrow. Okay. Mm. Um, he somehow managed to hurt himself. Hopefully, just a little bit. What what type uh, of the what part of the body am I looking at? Ankle. Okay. Um, mm. In a jog through, he came up limp. So. Oh no! Uh, oh. He didn't come out though. Okay. So I think he might have just like rolled his ankle a little bit. Still something to keep an let's eye keep on. Let's keep an eye on. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes that. on that. American Raptors though, it's a party out there at Infinity Park. Like I said, free tickets. Get some. Get out there. Watch some athletes who you know, maybe didn't quite make it to the highest level of their sport. Trying to train them up. Get them on the U.S. national team, which plays at the exact same place. Uh, in Glendale, Rugby Town, USA. It's a good mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're ever bored, just Google the history of Glendale. <laughs> I feel like you've mentioned that before. <laughs> I think you love this. Dude, I love the history of Glendale. It's and, a and fascinating you... little, um, what do they call that? It like, exists within, it's fully surrounded yeah. by Denver. Yeah. Uh, an annex city or something sure. like that? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. You took uh, geography. Some interesting stuff in there. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting place now. Yep, it is. Yeah, they uh, they take advantage of every rule they can there. Well, yeah, because they can make their own rules because yep. they're their own little mini city. <laughs> yeah. it's I, I'm not. I, I really want to look at this, but I'm not going to do it. Save it, right it now. for later. Yep, I'm going to do it later. <laughs> um, okay, should we get to some questions, or did we have to finish it? Any other just like. Let's go quick hitters. Can we go some real quick quick hitters? Montreal, mm-hmm. Washington is playing really well. Yep. Eric Stan- Sauber. Is he the, the um, 
Camp Darling. He is Montreal he is my number one. It's close. Salbert is number two. Um, and then I guess if I had to pick a third, we'll, we'll leave Pat Sertan out of it. Let's let's go Jonas Griffith. Okay. I'll throw Baron Browning into the mix. Okay. Now he's starting to make his way up with the ones, and he's he's been destroying the second team. PJ Locke. Mm. Although yeah. it's been a few days since we heard from him, but I mean, I mean like in terms of just making plays, but uh, he's better than, than I think he gets credit for. He's rolling it yep. over from what he did in the offseason, too. What about the opposite? Most disappointing player in camp? Um, Sutton? Yeah, I was going to say Cortland. I hate to do this. Um... Because it sucks he's gone, but I, I would have said Tim Patrick before yeah. yesterday. Because that before that there. catch, you weren't seeing him at all. At all. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's I jump into the... I can't believe you went for <laughs> him after yeah. what happened. I'm, so, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, like I said, like I said <laughs> you did call it as you see it. We can't argue with that. You were not wrong. <laughs> no, it's very fair. Right. Uh, Kale, do you have any super chats? All right. First Damn. one coming in for Broncos for Life 58. Hey, fellas, I'm pretty bummed about Tim Patrick. Yeah, so is Ryan. Yeah. He says, I was really looking forward to a breakout year from him. I've been a big advocate for him since he came to Denver in 2017. Me too. Slight matting bias because <laughs> sure. he caught everything. However, does it shut up, Ryan? However, <laughs> <laughs> however, does this open up a possible matchup with OBJ? If we could pay him $15 uh, million for one season. <laughs> Would what? you guys be up for it? What say you? Let me remind you what one season is for OBJ. It's about <laughs> six seven games, games? six, seven games. Yeah. 15 minutes? Where did that number yeah, come I, from? I don't know. I'm pretty blown away by it. Uh, I'm paying $3 million. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, he made $1.25 last year. <laughs> Maybe so, he met 1.5. If he met 1.5, I am all in. What? I mean, Odell would be so much fun. Like, he might destroy the chemistry of the team. He might suck. He might get hurt. He might also be kind of fun. Like He would be fun. He would absolutely be fun. I'm all in. He needs his caddy, Von Miller, around to keep him in check. Mm-hmm. I'd be down Man, for that, too. OBJ in Buffalo. Come there you week go. 10. That could be a good fit. That's a lot of route running. Yeah. It is, but you only do it for half the season. Yeah. Also, they lost Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, so they're a little short on route running. Yep. Do we know if Emmanuel is living in Denver? I would guess that or Houston. Why? Did he just make be here like we talked about? I was just thinking like he should just show up at practice. (laughs) That'd be pretty bold. (laughs) (laughs) Like no Sean Moreno was just like on the hill today. I see. Like come just as a former player, but maybe wear some spanks underneath the shorts, under the baggy shorts, so it's not obvious. But if you know you want to show off your speed, you can. Yeah, or just like yeah, like hit up John and just be like, hey, I'm coming to practice today, and then like dress, you know, like you're ready to go out there. Like, do go back to the old days where he just used to catch footballs for like the entire practice and just like do that in front of George Payton. <laughs> Were we talking about? Was I talking about with you guys about how like probably a good majority of fans, casual fans, think John O is still a general manager? Yes, we've talked about this. Before. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, a former player that played under John still thought he was a general manager and calls John up, "Hey, you want to sign <laughs> totally. me?" Totally. John would be like, "Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in." Why not? Um, 
you, if you just ever read the comments on our on our Facebook page, <laughs> yeah. you'll see how many people think John Elway is the GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so true. Coach Tobin checks in and says, hey, guys, it's unfortunate for Tim Patrick, but I believe Sutton will step up and lead that room. My hot take. Once new ownership takes over, they should void Wilson's contract and offer him $250 million guaranteed for the next five years. In a way, I believe that will send a message that real quarterbacks that have proven themselves deserve that type of commitment and contract in contrast to the clown quarterbacks in Arizona Whoa. and Cleveland that have done very little. Great point. This league is for grown-ups, and Russ has proven he belongs. The others have not in many ways. Time to change that tide. I'm just not comfortable with... Kyler Murray being lumped in with Deshaun Watson for no reason. Deshaun's a better quarterback. Eh. I mean, I'm not lumping yeah. him in as uh. as a total package, but as uh, wait, speaking it's of Deshaun, it's very confusing the language that the NFL is appealing the suspension because usually that means a player is trying to get less games. Right. In this case, the NFL is trying to get more games. Yep. And uh, they 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 get to decide this, which is like what I don't understand. Well, that's what's weird. And just the inconsistency with this, not just, you know, comparing it to other ones, but also they allowed a judge to rule on this. It's just very bizarre. So let me tinfoil hat this. And I don't even even think this is tinfoil hat. This is just facts. Um, The NFL had the judge come in light so then they can go in heavy to make themselves look like, oh, we're doing more. And then what will probably happen is the NFL will say, we're going a full year. And then Deshaun Watson will appeal that suspension using the judge's ruling as precedent to be like, she said six, you guys are saying a full year, and it'll come back at around like 10. So there is not a, a ability for a second appeal. Once after this appeal, it's done. But how can that – because Deshaun Watson isn't part of this appeal. Yeah, but like from the language I was reading earlier once, because this is an appeal, an official appeal appeal by the NFL, based no new evidence can be relitigated, so they're basing everything on what's already been decided. So a second appeal is not possible. Okay, well either way, the NFL had the judge come in soft so they can look like they were the ones who were like the true bearers of justice. And you know where this is going to end up in end up, speaking of justice, it's gonna end up in court. Yes. Uh, at, at some People point. People are saying it's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, and I love the. I still love people are saying. Whenever that phrase comes out, it just makes me smile. People are saying. People are oh, saying. People, people are, are saying. saying. <laughs> people are saying. Like, uh, and I just. The NFL wants to go after his money, and I think that's what a lot of people would like to yeah. see. He's missing $300,000 if this suspension wow. holds up. I'd it's just like crazy. to see him just not. Just not. Just not. Yeah. Just bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye, Deshaun. I, I agree with that. Uh, and Coach Tobin, my, my only issue with this, I'm fine with paying Russ five years, $250 million. Yeah. I just don't understand why the Broncos and this new ownership group have to be the ones to say, we're standing up for the league and showing what a good quarterback should be getting paid. I don't think the Broncos necessarily should be setting that tone. So I don't think that's why you sign Russ. Yeah. The interesting thing is like, Maybe you want to see what Russ does for a year before you do it, but you've already pigeonholed yourself. Yeah. So you might as well just pay him. I honestly think the contract's going to come pretty quick after you get the new owners. Yeah. You're in a tough spot right now where it's like you can't can't ask the Bolins to put all that money in escrow on their way out. Well, I was thinking today as they're just paying refs to be at a walkthrough <laughs> oh, practice. Yeah. Like, man, they're just spending Bobby Walton's money already. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, like, and when I say that, I mean like two years ago, yeah. refs only came on like scrimmage days. Yeah, exactly. Now they're out. What are they doing there? Nothing. 
They're throwing getting flags yelled at by like, Kareem yeah, Jackson. Yeah, but that's then what players are like throwing back at them. Yeah, well, those guys are like Colorado high school refs, yeah. <laughs> and those players just don't respect them at they all. Do they definitely not. do not. They, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> it is very clear that they do not. But it's just weird to me. Like, yeah. I, just pay me if we're gonna do that. I'll take half of what they're getting per day. I assume they're getting like, what do you think, like 150 bucks to come out to practice? Yeah, probably. I'll do it for yeah. 50. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I will be, be just as effective on the walk. <laughs> Those guys take a beating. I think you're right. <laughs> Yesterday they were out there. I think uh, what was it? There was they're upset. The DBs are all upset. They're saying that they're grabbing the jerseys. They're pushing off all this kind of stuff about the receivers. And I think it was Justin who said like, "Ah, oh, you you would have you would have called that push off on the other side of the field, right?" And the guy was like, "Ah, oh, I didn't see it." And Kareem just goes. Oh, all these refs, they can never see this other side of the field. I've never oh seen gosh. anything like it. And just walk and walk. And it's just, yeah, they're, it's every day. Yep. It's, it's constant. Tough. Those it's, poor guys. It's, it's <laughs> tough. Next one from Big Hangstan says, The sky has not fallen, folks. I'm sad for Tim. Remember, though, this defense could be top flight. Even if the O isn't spectacular, this D will keep us in games, I believe. How many hmm. points per game must this group keep teams under to win games without offensive explosion? Say 19 and 10. Or say 19 points per game and we win 10 games. With an average to slightly above average offense. What say ye? Same, same number never changes for me. 24. You got to keep the the defense, got to keep the other team under 24. The offense has to score more than 24. That is that is the magic number of football. If the Broncos hold teams to 19 points per game, they'll win. Well, they, he's they saying an average offense. I think they'll win 11 games if they do that. Yeah, I was going to say 12. Um, if you are losing games still, when your defense gives up 19, every everything you've been doing to this point has to be questioned. How concerned will you be if this average, this offense is average this year? Straight up average. Uh, only slightly. Really? Average is what? 24 points a game? Sure. Yeah. You, you are 16th in the NFL in terms of points scored. Yeah, I mean, you can pull the Tim Patrick was injured card. Um, you can say first year in a new offense card. Like, there's enough things out there to be like, okay, I'm not panicking. Um, this isn't great, but next year should be better. And then if it's not better next year, then that's when you start to really work. Full panic mode for me. We're, we're, What's the cutoff for you? 10? Um, just average, straight up average. They got to be around. They got to be in the top 12. Okay. I'm, I'm worried for you. Oh, uh, if this is an average offense, I think you're worried about Russell Wilson then. Then I think I think people are legitimately talking about Russell Wilson, like some people nationally have. Of Russell Wilson, shoot, is he done? I think Russell Russell Wilson's the type to like do enough to win. And so if the defense is holding teams to nineteen, like the Broncos, the offense is going to score twenty one a lot. I don't like that. I don't either. But that's the history of Russell Wilson's career. Like if you go watch, they don't just like blow teams out. The yeah. Seahawks have lots of close games. Where Russell Wilson does amazing things in the mm -hmm. end to win. Yep, he, he is he is clutch. It's like more John Elway than Peyton Manning. Seahawks were 16th in scoring last year. Yeah, and I would say that's... But they also had no rest for what? For a Six few games. games? Four games? Yeah, three yeah games? For, for I believe three games, oh. but they also didn't have an offensive line. Totally. Uh, they didn't have the running game that the Broncos have DK should. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. I just... um. 
tweaked my ankle just while we were just sitting here. Oh, wow. You're trying to get the bugs? Darby. Darby did, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they're average, I'm going to be really disappointed. Okay. Yep. Oh, I thought it was going crazy no, there. Thank no. you, Hank. If they're, if they're 12th and you're like, oh, okay. This is... Yeah. Like, so what, uh, what if they're 15th? I'm worried. 14th. Yeah. I'm worried. Yeah, you don't like it. The, and the thing is, I mean, what? There's 15 teams scoring 24 points a game last year. That's what I said. There's, the there's nine who have 26. So, like, they're all just packed into that one point a game. Who uh, who was 15th and who was 17th? 15th is San Francisco. 17th is Baltimore. 18th, Las Vegas. 19th Both in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Sorry. Baltimore didn't make it. Did they make it? No, they did or, not. No. San Francisco scares me, though. Um, Jimmy G. He's available if you want him. That's, That's the type of, of quarterback <laughs> that that offense yeah. had. It's an NFC Championship game quarterback. It is. It's <laughs> available for anyone to trade for too. I would, uh, I would just not be that worried if they, as long as they're scoring twenty-four points a game, because they're going to win a lot of games. It all just comes down to winning. That is true, but if if you're going that route, the like average offense route, it will be a little bit disappointing after all this. You're having some really serious talks after the season about how do you revamp the offensive line. Like you got to get another receiver in there, like that sort of thing. And also if you're winning that way, we've learned it the past decade. If you're winning from offense, that's sustainable. If you're winning from defense, that is not sustainable. The thing is you are going to be winning from offense. It's just not going to be in the way that you're thinking of it. Well, no, you're going to be winning from offense when Russell Wilson is orchestrating game-winning drops. Yeah, but then you're winning from defense because your defense is keeping you in the games. And then your offense is coming in clutch. Your offense would be clutch in that sense. That's that's the Russell Wilson way, man. <laughs> Seattle was seventh in scoring in 2020. That's his MVP season. His MVP, I mean. <laughs> his most valuable player season. His MBS, his most valuable season. His most. There you go. That's, that's what I was trying to go for. Uh, the the season that he was most in the MVP conversation. Um, <laughs> but the, if they hold teams, what to, about the year tonight? before that? Uh, one sec. Sorry. No, it's no, not I, good. That's I, I'm trying to pull it up too. Um, oh, it doesn't have the ranking. Ninth. Okay. All right. Ninth, then sixth, then eleventh, then eighteenth, then four, ten, eight, and nine. Okay. All right. So I guess you should expect around ten. You should be, t- yeah. And that's, that's why I'm not disappointed with 10. But the thing no. is, I guess what I'm getting at is fif- the difference between 15 and 10 is probably going to be like 1.2 points per game. Yeah. What what would get you excited? Anywhere that's like sniffing 30. Points per game? Yeah. Would get me like, wow, this this offense is incredible. I mean, one team at 30 last say, year. Yeah, how many but teams, how many teams are within a, a field goal? Five. Okay. So Six, yeah. five, five plus that one. That's that's what I mean when I'm yeah. saying sniffing. Like, you're if you average 27 points per game, that means you scored 30 quite a few times. If you get 27, you're you're really good. Yeah, yeah. that's what gets me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded by this first week of practice. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I think you're gonna see a lot of defense i think defense is going to win several games this year definitely absolutely to me you have to be top four or five for me to be like oh wow this is awesome this is i am overwhelmed by what this offense did this year yeah you are too jaded by the by this first week (laughs) ryan um it this this team is built to win with offense and that's how it's supposed to win this year and there are going just a week ago henry wait it was Henry who said that the two best players on the team are on defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, 
want Russell to be in that conversation. Yes, you do. He's in I the think conversation. It's a good team, sure. yeah. All right, next one's True Champ Fan 24, another Montanan. Uh, mm-hmm. My people, it's been a minute since I commented. Of course, I listen every day. Quick hitters. Zach made a joke about a week, like a week ago, about Montana State having 12 fans show up at their stadium. Would love to accompany you to either a Montana or Montana State game. Come playoff time. 10 below zero, 20,000 faithful Grizz and Cat fans packed in shoulder to shoulder. Also, F the Cats, go Grizz. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really quick. Don't get mad at me. That was Ryan that made the joke. What I believe. It? I think it was Zach. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it was Zach. He doesn't even remember what it was. I don't him. think so. Also, 27,000. Wow. I've, yeah, I, I've okay. told Henry several times I want to go to a Grizzly. Now wow. that my Saturdays are free, we're making that happen. Okay. There you go. The Two. Eastern Washington game is the one I was thinking about. What about um, like whatever the Buffs bye week is? I have not looked at what that is. What about the Broncos semi-bye week um, when they play the Colts at home? Ooh, maybe that's like the, the Thursday move. nighter. Yeah, we'll take a look. Because oh, yeah. the week after the London game when they have their bye week, I'm staying in Europe. Hell yeah. Mm, The Cat Grizz game last year. Tickets more expensive than uh, one of the college football playoff semifinals. That doesn't... Just just throwing that out there. Don't want to spend that much. I know where I'd rather be. Uh, Hank Stan, the only time we mention Champ Bailey is when we talk about him being a Hall of Famer and greatest corner to ever play football. Love y'all. That was in reference to him yesterday saying that he lost in the game as much as Raheem. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Never been to Denver. Have we figured out why this is Nev and then Urban to Denver? Yeah, it's like a name. Like Nev is the first name. Urban to Denver it's is like, the last uh, name. But this is not oh, someone's name. It, it's like you know, it just Mike sounds more like a name. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> is that his more name? spacing. No, Mike. Mike Hawk. 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 Damn it. Mike. <laughs> oh my god. That was bad. That was bad. Jeez, we're gonna have a commenter show up <laughs> oh, with that name. He's like, edit that out, edit that out. <laughs> that's, that's, we're live. That's some that's a Twitter guy. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> Never been to Denver says this question is for Sir Hank Alicious only. Okay, Ryan, don't talk. Please explain yeah. to me in your own words without using any technology Hold or research. On. You're the one who interrupts Hank, not me. No, Famously. he said no, he just said in in only Hank's words. I know, but then you said, Okay, Ryan, don't talk. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm talk either. After I asked the question, <laughs> no, and we you just interrupted you, me. We needed you verbally to say, I, I Zach, <laughs> Zach, don't, don't talk. talk either. <laughs> <laughs> Hank? What exactly is an adaptogen? Also, feel free to ask all us fans from down... No, you're not allowed to use Damn your computer. <laughs> also, feel free to ask all us fans from down under anything you wish you you understood about Australia, like what budgie smugglers are. Hmm. Budgie smugglers. Yeah, so for those of you who are uneducated about adaptogens, <laughs> um, for, for hundreds of thousands, so for billi- mil- millions minimum, maybe billions of years... Things have evolved. Yes. They were, um, they came, the little cells became the cells with legs, become the cells with like brains and caught to land, all that stuff. All of that is powered by adaptogens. Um, That's what causes things to adapt and to become good. And so if you are trying to become the next version of humans, this next step, you need the adaptogens to help you adapt and be like the super smart or super tall or super flexible. they have that in athletic greens? Yeah, that's why they're in there, the adaptogens. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I think maybe the Broncos' offense needs some more adaptogens so they can adapt to this new scheme. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need some athletic greens. They do. Shout out AG1. 
The Big T says, love the pods with you three. Always make me chuckle. The Knighthoods chat made me laugh, and I share RK's thoughts <laughs> on it. Let's go. Big T is from there. I would encourage everyone to just call him Lewis, and that's all he'd want to. He's pretty humble for someone that famous. Nice to be recognized, sure, but being knighted is just a silly, pompous British title held over from medieval times. There are, most definitely, some suspect names on the list of recipients. Also, mm-hmm. only British citizens can be knighted, but foreigners can get an honorary one, that but that's garbage. rare. I think Angelina Jolie and Bill Gates have for their charity work. They are not called Sir or Dame, though, but get to but get to put KBE or GCB after their name or something as equally pointless. Uh, KBE knighted by England. It's pretty good. GCB (laughs) Um, granted certified. <laughs> That's gotta be it. GCB. I don't know. Is there a different Great something Britain? I don't know. Ooh. Mm. Great Britain. Great. Well, it's not a citizen. GCB. Great. Oh, oh. Um. Granted citizenship of Britain. GCOB. Oh. GSOB. Yeah. Yeah. That could be <laughs> it. We'll yeah. go with that. Uh, he says Robert Redford never been knighted. Hank lied to us. I think he's a chevalier in France, though. <laughs> well, Maybe he loves horses a lot. Shrug. Back to football. Always been a big fan of Will Fuller on the field, especially in Madden, lol. And I've always been a bit more sympathetic to people caught for PEDs than most are because I think there's some sometimes a story behind it. Why did he miss last year? Broken thumb, wasn't it? Could be a good, splashy wide receiver three or four. The boy's got wheels and relatively decent hands when he's got two thumbs. I'd be down for that. Peace out and love to all the big T. The big T talks about Will Fuller being a splashy wide receiver three or four. I think he would play a splashy three or four games. That's what Will Fuller is. He's an injury way He is happen. pretty good, though, when he plays. Huge asterisk there. Yeah. <laughs> Massive. <laughs> Robert Redford, knighted in France. Oh. oh, so that's the Chevalier uh, in France oh, thing. Oh, yeah, that must I'm be. I'm not it. talking about the mortgage company. They must be French knights. Mm, did not know that. No, you should ask. Interesting. Also, like, what is a knight? I should know because that was my high school mascot. You really should. That's disappointing. Not yeah. a local legend anymore. I was Ryan. knighted, you could say. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how did that transition work? Because knights, obviously, they like ride the horses. They got the armor. They're fighting the whatever. At some point, though, that turned out to be just... Just a good person. Who was the first knight who didn't sword fight? Hmm. Not Robert Redford. It's true. All right, Dan Burke says, hey, guys, (laughs) am I right in thinking that Brett Rippon has outplayed Josh Johnson? Yes. Understand that Johnson has been going up against slightly better competition. Also true. Uh, Most of the time, but it seems like Brett has been more consistent and has made more plays. It seems even like his arm strength has improved, judging by some of the bombs he was throwing recently. Not necessarily, in my opinion. Uh, I doubt he surpassed him on the official depth chart, but do you all think that Brett has outplayed him and earned a shot on the 53 either behind him, either behind Johnson or instead of him? Definitely not behind him. I think it would be really bad if they're carrying three quarterbacks. That would just make zero sense. I just don't even think this is a competition. Josh Johnson's the backup. I agree, and that's exactly where I am now. Has Brett Brett Rippon outplayed him? I think so. I don't think it matters. Also, arm strength doesn't actually doesn't necessarily translate to deep balls. Like when we're talking about a deep ball being completed in practice, it's like a 40 or 50 yard throw. Every player in the NFL can make that throw. Yeah. Um, arm strength is more about velocity than anything else when, when it comes to like why it's a valuable trait for quarterbacks. 
Totally. Now, like, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball further than other people, too. And Russell gets his up higher probably because of yep. it. But it's like, Brett, you know, Brett Rippon throwing a great ball down the sideline to Caden Davis doesn't mean he's improved his arm strength. It just means he made a really good throw. Tua threw a 65-yard dime Tyreek Hill last week. Heck, yeah, he is. Tua's <laughs> turning it on, baby. Big Hank Stan says, how much is Mantra Wash stock risen? Love Hank Stan. <laughs> so it's got to be making it's a little be weird. something different. <laughs> I love it. Um infinitely like to me wow. he was just to me he was just a returner uh-huh. never going to factor into offense unless something terribly wrong happened yeah um and now i think he's like gonna be in the offense yep even with ever even if everyone was healthy i agree i and yep. he's he is the only insurance weapon that the Bron- or insurance policy the broncos have for kj handler and i didn't think it was going to be one this year and it is yep Yep. Denver Rivals. Hey, guys, tomorrow is our Denver Rivals celebratory happy hour at Green Valley Ranch Beer Garden. Anyone and everyone is welcome to celebrate us raising over 30000 in funds for the Alzheimer's Association. Congrats on that. My oh. question today is, do you think Elway is in the mix for the next ownership spot? I know he has a consultant job, but he's ha- best job ever, by the way. But he's hanging around a ton after leaving the front office. I would love to see Manning join the group and fill in as president of football operations. I'll miss Tim, but the season is not washed. Uh, it's definitely a major blow to consistency in the receiver room, but we've got tight ends, halfbacks. Uh, still in a youthful combo in Sutton, Judy, and Hamler. Step it up at the start of the season. If they flop, make a trade before the deadline or sign OBJ as a free agent. DNVR rules, go, route, go Broncos, and support Denver rivals. Really quick. And again, I'm not trying to like take a shot at Tim Patrick by any stretch of the mind. But how many... Whoa. Oh, I Whoa. think that truck was calling. Yeah, <laughs> That horn was just... He's calling him. He's taking a shot. How many teams would be like devastated by their third most talented receiver going down? It should not ruin your offense. Yeah. No. Okay. That's all. That's all yeah. I wanted to get out there. Is yeah. like, How did the Super Bowl odds change? They're like plus sixteen hundred before. They're plus sixteen hundred. They didn't even change. Would be my guess. They haven't yeah. changed any um, of the odds on anything. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I think that's just. I feel like a lot of people are going like way down the dark side, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be able to like. I don't want to have to say like Tim Mouse wasn't that important, <laughs> but it's kind of true. Like yeah. he's a really important piece, and what what happens here is we just love the person so much Mm -hmm. that it makes it feel worse you had four receivers now you have three receivers that's still enough yes for now it's a blow yes and a a strong blow but it's not a knockout punch oh my gosh the broncos odds have now dropped to plus three thousand oh just kidding it's the same plus 1600 (laughs) (laughs) yeah this shows you yeah Next one if you it. if you lose another receiver though, that's when you start yep. to really panic. Yep. But you can patch you can patch with receivers. Yep. Next one for asking from a friend says, So what kind of offense do you think we will get with Hackett and Russ collaboration? Seattle, Green Bay, twenty seventeen Jags, they all seem different. Kind of I lean Green Bay. Uh absolutely. Green Bay. I think for sure. you, you you lean Green Bay with the quarterback's ability to do more uh, uh, more as a second play develops. So Russ is going to able to be able to move around more. Let Russ cook. Howdy, gents. Y'all touched on this already, but the worst part of the Patrick injury is having to count on Judy. He has to overcome concentration drops and prove to be a consistent option. So far, he's not lived up to the hype. Hopefully, Russ can help to focus him. Thanks for the pot, as always. Yeah, I mean, and I'll just good. say that there, that's a, a lot of concern um, at Broncos as well. Yep. Yep. Bronco Oilers, last one here. Going into camp, there was a lot of anticipation of hopefully seeing a little more balanced competition between the offense and the defense. I know it's early in camp, and I don't want to overreact, but from the reports out of camp, that hasn't really been the case. 
perhaps you guys who have physically been there can provide some insight, but if you didn't know Russ was that quarterback and you were to read the camp reports, you would think it's about the same as the offensive production we've seen in the past few camps. Are the eyes on the ground getting that vibe as well? I know it's early in training camp is not directly indicative of in-season performance, i.e. the Case Keenum here. But to this point, it sounds pretty underwhelming. Okay, here's the thing. It's underwhelming. He's the same, you used the same word that we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not as bad as it was before. And on top of that, like, it's usually competitive. Like, like it's, yes, it's not like every day we're saying, oh, the defense blew him out of the wall. Like, it's, it's usually a pretty clear defensive win it has been. But there have been at least a couple days where we've said, ah, you could make the case... And and they've always been within you know shouting distance. Right? I think so you too. agree. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I I just think what we've seen is a response in some form from the offense, and specifically mm-hmm. Russ in some way every practice, which we didn't necessarily see in the past. Um, but also, I don't want to throw on the panic. Totally. Uh, mode and compare it to what we've seen the, the past few years. In these next two out of the three practices, though. I'd like to see the offense win one of these days. And then I think people are going to say, okay, it was just the first week of practice. The defense was, was, was primed to be better. And now the offense is getting some steam. I want to see if we can get, uh, and, and if you guys have like a person that you guys know or like, um, then can recommend to us. I want to see if we can get someone from Seattle to come on, um, and just talk about what they saw in camp from Russ. Like, I want to know, was Russ ever dominating training camps? We know he dominated the so. preseason, his rookie, his rookie year. Um, and I, I hate this term, uh, but I, I wonder if he's just a gamer. Like, he still looks good in practice. Totally. He doesn't dominate practice. And I just wonder if he's one of those guys that's like the lights come on and that's when he turns it up to the next level. Absolutely. Like, that's, that's his style of play, you yeah, know? I, like, I that's so what he does. I think that goes completely against what Russell Wilson is as a person, though, and, and a worker. When I think of a gamer, I think of the Brett Favre, who didn't know what a, a cover two defense was or whatever he didn't know mm-hmm. it was uh, because he wasn't nickel in the film room. And yeah. Nickel, because he wasn't in the film room grinding. Russ is an absolute grinder. I think he's more than just a gamer. I do think he's better in those situations, mm-hmm. but also Russ should be practicing that because that's going to affect the entire offense so far. Maybe we'll see that break out over this next week. And I think personality-wise, he's not a gamer, but I think skill set-wise, he is. Like just the traits that he has. And on top of that, I mean, I guess even personality-wise, there is like the adapting to the situation, realizing like, oh, they're doing this, we can beat them this way. Kind of, kind of a little bit of that chess match stuff that plays up more in games than it would in practice. But but skill set wise, I would say more gamer personality. No, we'll start at Mina Kimes and just work our way down for what <laughs> Seattle person. <laughs> <Yeah>. have. <laughs> let's just end at Mina Kimes. All right, let's do it. Yep. Mina, come join us. If it, I don't know, was she ever at Seahawks training camp? I don't know. I don't Let's think so. She'd probably in, still just give us a good slide idea. Slide probably spend DMs. a couple days there. We'll have you on. Yes, exactly. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. Also, shout out to everyone that's been saying hi on the Hill. I appreciate you guys. So many DNVR shirts over on love the Hill. Love it. Love, love to hear. Also, shout out to Paul. Uh, from Mountain States Toyota, who uh, listens to the show every day. Oh, love yeah. you, man. All Give right, we'll, we will catch you guys tomorrow.
Don't.